This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the hottest sports action for your shot at cold, hard cash with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports all summer long. Gear up for football season right now. New customers can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get another shot at a big win. Along with shots at redemption, DraftKings is hooking it up with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props. Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, it's safe, secure, and reliable, so deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's with the promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Risk-free bet paid out in the form of a non-withdrawable free bet token. Maximum of $1,000. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. It's Sunday, August 7th. We had the third day of CSU fall camp, my second day in attendance. I missed the first one just because I was still on vacation there. But it was another just perfect day up in Fort Collins. The sun was shining. I'm going to get into what I saw a little bit, talk about some observations, some thoughts on the offense, talk about uh, the linebacking unit, the secondary a little bit. We focused heavy on offense. We'll go a little more defense this time around. Before we get into all of that, though, uh, if you guys will let me be just a little sappy here for a second, you know, just bear with me. I I meant to actually talk about this last night, but just totally spaced it because I got in the zone talking about football, but Somebody rode past the stadium yesterday and I was sitting outside the stadium. It was right before I got to go in to watch the individual period. Somebody on their bike, they look back and they go, Justin Michael. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I love the podcast. You know, it caught me off guard a little bit. I'm not exactly a celebrity by any means. It's not the first time that I've had somebody come up and, and say that they listen to my work or that they like what I do. But, you know, it just it made my morning. So shout out to you. I'm sorry that I did not get your name. You were on a bike, you were moving, but it really did, you know, make my morning. I posted about it on Twitter, and my guy at Real Tim Webb pointed out that there was actually a thread on RamNation.com of people, you know, saying really nice things about me, my work, the podcast, and it really hit me in the feels. Um, I've worked my ass off to get to this point. 
But I also know that I'm super fortunate to do what I do for a living. And the fact that you guys choose to support me always just, it makes me emotional. But this instance in particular, I I love RamNation.com. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love that site. Both my dad and I have been going on it for well over a decade. Uh, Joel is actually a, a big friend of mine. At one point, he even offered me an opportunity to write for the site, but I had just started my own deal, unfortunately. The, the reason I'm saying all this is, is I, I love Ram Nation. I have a ton of respect for Joel. I mean, without him, there, there's no me, genuinely. like He was the OG CSU digital source, and he still is one of the, the premium or you know premier digital sources for CSU content. Him and Mike do a great job on the podcast. It's it's great. Where are you going with this, Justin? I'm getting there. Don't worry. I'm getting there. Um, I, I'm saying all this just to make it clear that I, I love those guys. I love Ram Nation. However, I don't really go on there anymore. I no longer participate on the message boards. It's not because I have anything against the site. It's not because I have anything against those guys. I just spend way too much time online already as is between Twitter and Instagram and everything else, everything I got to do for work email wise. At some point I had to cut a few things back. Message boards were one of the things that I, you know, cut back on. But also there was just a part of me that was kind of scared to go on there since I established a, a public platform and, you know, you know, became one of the, the people that Ram fans go to information from, obviously, in my line of work, you're you're open to criticism. It's all fair game. That's part of it. But people can be pretty nasty when they can be anonymous. And, you know, I just, I wasn't sure if I'd go on there and see a bunch of people bashing me or, you know, calling me an idiot for my take or, you know, how much my work sucks or whatever, you know, just typical online stuff. It wears on you after a while. And so there was a part of me that was like, you wanna know what? Just don't don't go on the message boards. Don't look just for your own sanity. You know, I mean, again, like I I don't mind criticism, but I mean people can get pretty nasty online. So I just I I was scared to go on there and see it. And then I get this thread shared with me online and it's just all these people on the message board on Ram Nation just saying the nicest things about me and my coverage and my passion for CSU athletics. It made me tear up, guys. I mean, I I grew up being the only Ram fan I knew. I I didn't have friends, you know, to talk about CSU with for the most part. Uh, my fourth grade teacher was actually a CSU alum, and she used to hype me up for wearing CSU stuff all the time. But, you know, everybody I went to school with were Buff fans or, you know, at the time, USC was really popular. It was all pre-social media, obviously, but... I just I wish I could go back to fourth grade Justin and show him all of these cool CSU fans from all over the country, all different types of backgrounds, you know, ages. I've people that I consider friends that are 19-year-old CSU students, and I have people that I consider friends that are in their 80s and went to CSU long ago. I mean, that's what's crazy about this, you know, online community. It just brings people together from all from all types of, of life and I don't know. I just, I I say this kind of stuff often on Twitter. I I say it on the podcast, but you guys really do mean the world to me. And the fact that you guys choose to support my content when you could be, you know, spending your time doing anything else, it's crazy. And the fact that you guys would do this on a message board, I mean, like 
when people say nice things to me on Twitter, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But it's for me to see. I mean, these this was just people talking about how they liked my content, not, you know, tweeting it at me. They're just having a conversation. It was it was surreal. So I'm gonna move on, but I, I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit and just recognize the fact that you guys do genuinely mean everything to me and it, it will never be lost on me the the fact that you guys are choosing to, you know, read my work, to to listen to my podcast, to you know, follow my dumb tweets. It's it's crazy. I love you guys all. So shout out to all of you. Shout out to Ram Nation. Shout out to my homies Joel and Mike over at Ram Nation. And a shout out to all of you. Shout out Aaron Harris and V of the Ram Sanity Show as well. Don't want to leave anybody out. I'm friends with everybody in the CSU community. And it's what I love about it. You know, I just, I don't think there really is a fan base quite like us. But uh, that's enough sappy stuff. <laughs> let's move. Uh, let's move into it. Like I said, it was my second day. Another gorgeous day up in Fort Collins. Traffic wasn't bad. I was able to breeze up there. And it was early in the morning. Coming back, sometimes it can be a nightmare. This time, I was able to make great time going up and down. That's always huge because then I can just jump right into my content. I'm not all pissed off and <laughs> need you know some time to cool down. Um, anyways, I couldn't have been pissed off if I wanted to. One, because of all the nice things y'all said to me yesterday, but two, because I got to spend time with Chip Norvell. That is the Norvell family dog. He was there with Kim, Jay's wife. I got to have a conversation with her. Very, very lovely individual. She has been nothing but great to me ever since the Norvells came to Fort Collins. So I, I enjoy getting to talk with her just about all kinds of stuff, you know, to shoot the breeze a little bit. But Little Chip, who's a beefy pit bull, just a gorgeous dog, guys. Absolutely gorgeous. He was getting overstimulated by all the, the sound and people running around. I, I just kind of got down on his level, started rubbing his belly and his head a little bit, just, you know, talking to him. I'm a, I'm a total dog nerd now. I'm full-blown dog dork now that I've had my Black Lab uh, pit bull combo the last couple of years. And for whatever reason, man, Chip just seemed to to dig me. He accepted me as his friend. Uh for the the rest of the time I was there, you know, he was wanted me to keep rubbing him. If I stopped, he'd start barking again, wanting the attention. I loved it. I mean, it reminded me so much of my dog. He is a total sweetheart. And uh, I'm obsessed with him. I'm I'm obsessed with him. I'm not afraid to say it. I love that dog. Doesn't take me long to <laughs> to fall fast for for little pups. But uh, you guys want to hear about football, I'm sure. Uh, the most noteworthy thing I would say is that Makai Fox, true freshman wide receiver out of Pasadena, ran with the ones again. He sure looks like a guy that's making a, a nice early impression, listed at six foot one, 190 pounds. You know, for somebody that just got to campus, I was watching him in the blocking drills and I was impressed with his strength. I mean, guys, he was the number 31 overall recruit in the entire state of California, originally committed to UCLA, ended up signing with CSU late. Over 3,000 total yards in high school, 2,200 receiving, 900 uh, roughly rushing, 40 total touchdowns. This is a guy that was extremely productive in a, in a variety of ways, was also a track star, so you know, we know he, know he runs well. Talking with some of the veteran receivers, they've, they've certainly been impressed by him, and it would not surprise them if he ends up you know, seeing some time this fall. Justice Ross Simmons, another guy that I have heard has impressed in the in the early stages of fall camp 
I did see a, a nice clip of Louis Brown also scoring a, a touchdown. So, I mean, these young guys, they, they are showing out like we thought they would. And I honestly think at, at various points of the season, we'll see them all. I, I wouldn't shock me if you try and, you know, redshirt a couple of them, maybe get them some experience, but not necessarily play them all year. Or maybe, I mean, you just play them. Like, it kind of just depends. You need a lot of receivers in this system. You do have EJ Scott. You have Justice McCoy. Both of those guys came back. But, I mean, if the true freshmen are more dynamic, if they're more explosive, if they're going to give you a better opportunity to, to make plays down the field, that's who the coaches are going to go with. That's not a shot either at, at those veteran guys. Those are two dedicated Rams that have been through a lot, you know, much like Dante and Ty, what I talked about on the podcast yesterday. But at the end of the day, you know, this ain't intramurals, brother. You know, it's it's about it's about playing the the best players that you can and putting the team in the best possible position to win. In my personal opinion, I think we'll see a whole lot more Makai Fox and potentially some of those, you know, other true freshmen than we will some of those other fifth year guys that elected to come back. It's still extremely early at this point. We don't want to get super carried away. But I do think it's telling that Fox is is still running with the ones. I think he is a guy that naturally would make sense to play just given the you know status of his recruitment you know being a top 30 guy out of california even if you're a big time recruit though you still have to go out on the field and and prove that you know you have the abilities there are plenty of guys that come in with all kinds of recruiting hype and it takes them forever to get onto the field makai fox looks like a guy that's gonna see the field early and often i want to move on and talk about the defensive side we talked a lot about the offense yesterday so today's focus is going to be more on the secondary and linebackers real quick we've had several dnvr listeners switch over to green mountain dental group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist those listeners have personally reached out and let us know how great their experience was and uh, they've actually thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice there's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing from our listeners so please tell us about your experience if you do make the switch And if you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is right in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentists in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. You can schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. You'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Tweet at us when you go there. Tag us and them when you're there. Show them this community can support the biggest supporters. Green Mountain Dental treats you like family. They send you birthday cards. Um, they're a longtime DNVR partner. They've showed us love, so we just want to show them love too. It's only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And remember, the first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. Get a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental and receive a free Sonicare toothbrush at GMDG today. Tell them DNVR sent you. I was able to catch up with Daquan Jackson for the first time this fall. He says that he is healthy after, you know, getting dinged up. It was unfortunate because he really was a a man on a mission last year. He was racking up tackles left and right. I thought he was moving the best that I'd ever seen him move, just covering a ton of ground sideline to sideline. And then, you know, late in the year, him, Patch, and Toby, they all got a little bit dinged up. The defense really struggled as a result. Fortunately, 100% right now, uh, really likes where he's at individually, really likes where the defense is at as a whole. I mean, I asked him point blank, you know, how are the linebackers doing? It's been a position group that on multiple occasions, the coaching staff has challenged to be better. Daquan feels like they're doing that. Um, individually, says this 4-2-5 allows him to be 
rangier, show more and pass coverage scenarios, which is something he'd wanted to do a little bit more of, you know, not just stay in the box. And he's also going to get a little bit of an opportunity to, you know, occasionally do some pass rushing both through the interior and along the edge. He's very excited about that. I, I individually, I think that's going to be big for his NFL draft stock, just showing more versatility. I like that they have Daquan back though, because I just think he's a, a solid, you know, traditional middle linebacker to have in front of what should be a really athletic secondary. And I'll talk about that here in, in just a second. The big question I have is who's going to start at linebacker next to Daquan? Because I mean, Cameron Carter got demoted in the spring game. Drew Kulik, a walk-on, started over him. Kulik had an interception in that game. If you read the Phil Steele football preview, Kulik is listed as the projected starter. I mean, that's not a leap that Phil Steele would have just made on his own. I don't think he was reading our spring game reports. That's based on his conversation with Jay Norvell last summer. So, you know, going into camp, at least, the, the favorites to start at linebacker, Daquan Jackson and Drew Kulik. If it turns out that Kulik was just a spring ball wonder, and I'm not saying that he is, but if it turns out that, then who else would it be at linebacker? Is it going to be Cameron Carter again? Is it going to be, you know, Tavion Brown, uh, Redshirt Jr., or, you know, True Jr., Bam Amina? Brandon uh, Hickerson Rooks is a fifth-year guy that transferred in during the Adazio era, has essentially been injured the entire time, but the old coaching staff used to talk him up a lot. You've got four redshirt sophomores on the roster, Chase Wilson, Aaron Moore, Sanjay Strickland, and Devin Edwards. Three of those guys are local. Could those guys make an impact? I heard great things about Aaron Moore before he got hurt last year. Who out of these guys can work their way into the rotation, you know, because you're going to need more than two linebackers, even outside the starters. You're going to probably play four or five fairly consistently. Whoever it is, though, you've got to step up because when you've only got two true backers on the field, man, their, their gap responsibilities are massive, particularly against the run. I mean, you're going to have help and, and they're going to benefit from the safeties that they have on the roster. I mean, Taiwan Francis, Henry Blackburn, these guys are missiles coming downhill. Great against the run. A lot of the times, I imagine those guys are going to be playing up near the line of scrimmage, you know, in the nickel dime back roles anyways, kind of serving like de facto linebackers, hybrid defensive backs, however you want to phrase it. But, you know, those two linebackers are going to be a little bit beefier traditionally. I mean, those guys, they have to make an impact physically, especially against the run. Otherwise, teams are just going to bully you. You know, teams like Wyoming are going to try and run the hell out of the football. Air Force, obviously, is its own deal. But, I mean, New Mexico is going to run the ball a lot. I got to imagine Nevada with Tua coming back in the backfield. They should run the ball a lot. So these backers are going to have to make plays. And somebody's going to have to step up. I mean, I, I have great faith in Daquan Jackson at this point based on what I've seen. I'm sure it'll be a little bit different in this new role. But I, I just think he's going to be fine. Whoever else it is, though, you know, whether it's Drew Kulik, one of the redshirt sophomores, Aaron Moore, whatever, whoever it is, somebody's got to step up, make some plays. Where I have less questions at the moment is in the secondary, particularly the safeties. I mean, I talked about Taiwan. I think he has had a really nice uh, transition to this 4-2-5. He looked great in spring. I've heard a lot of good things about him so far. I've liked what I've seen from him, uh, him and Jack Howell. Those guys were kind of going at it in a couple of 
ball positioning drills, you know, working on getting your head around, making a play on the football without getting flagged for pass interference. It was a lot of fun watching those guys. I mean, I think they're very skilled. And then I think when you look at who they added to what was already a solid trio of, of DBs in Blackburn, Howell, and Francis, and then you bring in, you know, Angel King and, and Aiden Hector, King from Nevada, Hector from Washington State, guys that have experience at corner and safety, you're just going to have a lot of ways in which you can scheme up, you know, creative blitzes, unique coverages. I mean, you just have a lot of guys that are used to playing at, at different points of the field. You know, it's not like they're only going to have to be high safeties or, you know, they're only going to be able to line up near the line of scrimmage. They're going to be able to move all these guys around. And I think it's going to confuse the hell out of opposing offenses. Much like linebackers, you still need the guys to step up and, and make plays once you get the, the scheme. But I mean, based on what we've seen with these guys and based on the resumes of, of King and Hector, <laughs> they got a lot of playmakers in that secondary to go along with a couple of solid corners that they've added. I think Chigose and Uziam is going to be really, really good. I think he's going to probably be the best corner that CSU's had in at least a couple of years. I mean, I know a couple of guys made some plays at, at various points, but as far as complete corners go, I, I would say he's the best I've seen since at least Brandon Crossley, maybe even longer. Might have to go all the way back to Bernard Blake. He'll be the corner one. I do think there's maybe some competition for that other starting corner role, and we'll keep an eye on that. I'd, I'd, if I had to put a front runner, I'd say it's going to be Northern Colorado transfer Greg Lede. That's who's been operating with the ones these last couple of days. But I'd also keep my eye on DeAndre Greeley, who transferred over from the College of San Francisco. Uh, I'd look after Langston Williams. He's a guy who received a lot of praise from the old staff, moves extremely well, lanky. At Eagle Crest, I like his game. I mean, Robert Floyd and Titus Jones have both played. They're a little bit smaller. Not exactly the type of corner that this staff has, you know, talked about. I'd keep an eye on Corey Lambert Jr., man. True freshman out of, out of New Orleans. He's a guy that I could definitely see working his way onto the field at some point. I guess my long-winded point here is that the, the corners are a little bit more unproven. You know, the depth at corner, not quite as strong as safety, but... I really like what they have in, in the defensive backfield as a whole. I love those safeties. I think Daquan being back is big for the linebacking group. And I think the defensive line is going to be really good. I also got to talk to CJ on Yucky today. Really cool dude. The Rutgers transfer. We just kind of talked about the transition. Going to write a nice little story on that. Ultimately, we really just need this defense to be competitive. You know, they, they don't necessarily have to be locked down. The defense that Freddie Banks had at Montana State last year was flat out dominant. They're they're not going to be a group that only gives up, you know, like 16 points per game or whatever it was, something crazy like that. I think it was actually closer to 18. But, you know, they're not going to be that group. You know, you're going to be giving up more than 20 points a game in all likelihood. But just keep this team in a position where they have a chance to compete and give the offense a shot cuz you know that the offense should be able to put up points in a hurry. Just compliment that, you know, force a couple of turnovers here and there. Don't get burned over the top consistently. I mean, how many times did we have to watch last year a receiver go over the top or a running back break off a 80-yard run or a punt return for a touchdown or just so many big momentum plays that went against CSU? 
I finally feel like this is a program that has an opportunity to be the team creating those plays on both sides of the ball. They're going to be attacking offensively and defensively. They're going to be more athletic and they're going to be more aggressive and they're going to be playing in a more modernized front. And I like that. I know I've been kind of all over the place here, but that's just kind of my thoughts. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I have some notes from practice, but I'm trying not to get too carried away with making crazy projections or I don't know, just having bold hot takes in, in training camp or anything like that. But I also am trying to just be honest with you and let you guys know what I'm excited about, what concerns me, you know, everything. I'm just telling you how I see it. That's all I have for today's podcast. Make sure you're keeping up with all the written content. Should have a couple of pieces out between now and that first scrimmage on Wednesday. That's what I'm really looking forward to. That's when we're going to have the best opportunity to see the team. It's completely open to the media. We won't be able to post everything, obviously. Not going to try and you know give away anything secret or anything like that. But it's going to be the best opportunity to to really see you know what the depth chart is is shaping up to be. You get kind of an idea right now with the ones and threes practicing together and the twos and fours. But sometimes guys you know move around a little bit in the scrimmage. You know we'll kind of be able to get um, just a better look at at what that rotation is actually going to look like. Anyways, I'll be there. I, I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to creating as much content as I can this fall. And before we know it, man, that Michigan opener is, is going to be here. It's going to be epic. One last time, thank you to all of you for supporting all my content, all the kind words. It, you know, That's not why I do this. I don't do this for praise. I'm not talking about it because I want you guys to feel like you have to like say all this nice stuff to me or anything like that. But when it does happen, I just want you guys to know that you know, I don't view myself as too big time to acknowledge it or act like it doesn't matter to me because it does. It means the world to me. I busted my ass to get in this position and I've always wanted to create content that I would want to consume as a CSU fan. So, you know, it's 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 still a work in progress. We're, we're not at the finish line or anything like that, but we're a, we're a hell of a lot better than we were a couple years ago. And that's really cool to see. And it's cool to see that you guys are are digging it. So thank you, Ram Nation. I love you. We'll be back with more content. It'll be less sappy, I promise. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.